many have undertaken to compile a narrative about the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as the original eyewitnesses and servants of the word handed them down to us. It also seemed good to me, since I have carefully investigated everything from the very first, to write to you in an orderly sequence, most honourable Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things about which you have been instructed. Well, thanks, Greg. It was a short passage, a bit of a difference from our John chapters the last few weeks. Uh, my name is James. Um, I want to add my welcome to that of uh, Matt. Uh, if you're new amongst us or visiting, um, we've, we've completed our series in John's Gospel, um, John chapters 2 to 11, and so we're doing something a bit different tonight as we head into Easter. Uh, now, where does, why are we doing this passage? Uh, this is one of my favourite passages. Uh, that's part of the the reasoning. Let me explain why this is one of my favourite passages. Of course, it's just a short introduction to Luke's gospel, but it's my favourite passage because in it, Luke tells us that he is an investigator. Uh, he's an investigator. He's ev investigated things about Jesus and written them down for us. Now, why do I like that? Uh, because before I was in ministry, before I went to Bible college, I worked as an investigator as well. I worked for a government agency called the ACCC, and our job was to invest, some of you may know them, uh, perhaps some of you may have interacted with them, <laughs> hopefully not. Um, we investigated shops and companies that um, were doing the wrong thing, misleading consumers and uh, conspiring to rip off consumers, things like that. And so I reckon Luke and I would have been good mates. Uh, because we had this in common. We were both investigators. And the job of investigators is to find the truth. You'll have to forgive the sort of uh, catchy font and the little clip art. Uh, I did a version of this talk uh, this morning uh, in our all-ages gathering, including children. So you benefit from the, the colourful graphics. Uh, the job of investigators is to find the truth. Uh, let me give you an illustration from my time at the ACCC just to uh, help you uh, digest that. Um, who, who here likes calamari? Yeah, I love calamari. You can get calamari at the fish and chip shop or you can get it in these frozen um, box, boxes in the freezer at Coles and Woolies and the supermarkets. You know, delicious squid rings, uh, crumbs ready to cook in your oven. Uh, when I was working at the ACCC, some people came to us and said, you know those calamari rings you buy in the supermarkets? Uh, they're not really made of calamari. Uh, there's not much calamari in them. And we thought this is an issue we need to investigate uh, because these businesses might be misleading people. So that's what we did. We started an investigation. Uh, so we got um, some scientists to do tests. They would get the, the calamari rings and I don't know how they did it. Um, they were wearing white coats and had glasses, so they, they looked like we could trust them. Uh, but they would test the actual um, material in the calamari ring and work out you know, where it had come from. And we also spoke to people, interviewed people, that kind of stuff. Um, now calamari, as you know, is meant to have squid in it. Uh, that's what it's made from. You cut it into rings. Um, that's what we were looking for. The, we found that it had a bit of fish. Now that's okay. Fish is a type of seafood. 
not not so much of a problem. A fair bit of fish. Uh, the main ingredient was those seafood stick things. I don't know what they're made of. Um, hang, I'm not sure about that. Um, someone's, <laughs> someone said fish. Um, I've never seen fish that looks like that, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> someone's someone's bat going into bat for the seafood sticks. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, uh, lots of these seafood sticks. Uh, would you believe the test also revealed that in some samples there was seagull fragments? Yeah, I think they maybe had a machine where they put in all the different, you know, they just went to the beach, threw in all the whatever was there and turned it into the calamari rings. Um, but who wants to have a guess at the percentage of squid in these calamari rings? Two, we've heard two, I've heard seven. It's in between two and seven percent. Uh, anyone? Four, 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 four percent. Four percent squid. All right, that's enough for Jared. Um, he's happy. And we were, we were quite shocked. So that, that was the outcome of our investigation. This is what investigators do. They use different techniques to find the truth. And this happened to be the truth, uh, the scary truth in this case. Um, and so that company uh, got in trouble. And so that, that was my job. I was an investigator and investigators find the truth. And that's the kind of thing Luke did. Now, why am I telling you this? Because we all crave certainty. We all crave certainty in life. We, we all want to know the facts before we make decisions. In little things, maybe when you leave the house, you think, is it going to rain today? If I know that for sure, well, I'll take an umbrella. We crave certainty in big things, like maybe purchasing a house. Um, is this the right decision? Uh, can I be certain that this house will grow in, in value or what have you? See, in all of life, uh, we want to know the facts. We crave certainty. And it's the same with spiritual affairs as well. And we're fools if we have allegiance to Jesus, but it's not based on solid evidence. And I, perhaps, perhaps sometimes you wonder whether the things we've heard really happened. We've been working through John. We've heard about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. We've heard about him walking on water. I mean, these things don't happen generally. We've heard about Jesus feeding 5,000 people uh, with just, a, you know, one person's lunch. These things sound unreal, don't they? And maybe you've had friends or colleagues say that believing in Jesus is just like believing in Santa Claus or the tooth fairy. It's all a big myth. Uh, it's not based on facts. Maybe, you know, our distance from the events of the Bible in, in time and in space and in culture, maybe sometimes you feel like we're just at the end of a big long line of Chinese whispers. Did this really happen? Well, if you've ever felt like that, uh, Luke is your man. And Luke's introduction is a great little passage to consider because I think uh, Luke is addressing that very doubt. Now, I want to ask three questions. Uh, what did Luke investigate? How did Luke investigate? And why did Luke investigate? They're the three questions which will take us through this passage. So question one, what did Luke investigate? Well, we get the answer in the first two sentences. If you have your Bibles open to Luke 1, that'd be um, a good thing to do but I've got it on the screen as well. 
He says, many have undertaken to compile a narrative about the events that have been fulfilled among us. So Luke's saying, I'm not the first person to try and write down what we've heard about Jesus. Um, but he says, we, we've tried to write these things down just as the original eyewitnesses and servants of the word handed them down to us. So in other words, what did Luke investigate? He investigated the stories about Jesus that had emerged from who? From the original eyewitnesses. Luke is investigating things which people saw. Real people saw the th what Jesus did. Um, have a think about your favourite non-fi uh, fiction movie or book. Um, people didn't see those events because they didn't happen. That's what fiction is. Luke is saying what we're talking about here are things which really happened. In fact, you could, you could go to the places that Jesus walked now. You could go to Jerusalem. You could go to the Sea of Galilee. Uh, folks, what lies at the heart of the Christian faith are real events in history. Real people saw it. It happened in real places. Um, this is real stuff. Um, and I want to, here's a bonus that I didn't use in the kids' talk. Uh, if you, you think, oh, well, Luke's just, he's biased. He, he's, he's looking for evidence. There's actually evidence for these events outside the Bible um, that confirm the things we know from the Bible. So here's a Roman historian called Tacitus. That's, I think that's a picture um, up on the, the left there. Oh, that's a joke, by the way. That's, I think that's an illustration. Um, classic. Um, <laughs> so he's writing in about 120 AD. So not that long, really, after the events of Jesus. This is what he says. He, so he's, he's writing about the history of the Roman Empire. Um, and this is what he says. He's talking about a great fire that happened in Rome, okay, in 64 AD. So about 30 years after Jesus, there was a fire. And then this historian is writing about it. Emperor Nero fastened the guilt on a class hated for their abominations called Christians by the populace. Christus, from whom the name had its origin, suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the hands of Pontius Pilatus. And a most mischievous superstition, uh, that's probably the, the resurrection, talking about the resurrection, a most mischievous superstition thus checked for the moment again broke out not only in Judea, the first source of the evil, but even in Rome. This isn't in the Bible. This is from uh, an ancient historian that doesn't have the same agenda as Luke, just commenting on some fact from history. And we can learn that by, the, by AD 64, there's Christians in Rome. They follow someone called Christus who suffered some kind of penalty uh, under the hands of Pontius Pilate, uh, and then this superstition emerged. Um, this isn't from the Bible. So, folks, uh, what did Luke investigate? He investigated things that are testified to in history. All right, second question. How did Luke investigate? How did he do it? Um, what was the manner of his investigation? We get the answer to this in verse 3. Um, so he's just said, people have tried to write about Jesus. Um, it also seemed good to me, this is Luke speaking, it also seemed good to me since I have 
carefully investigated everything from the very first to write to you in an orderly sequence, most honourable Theophilus. We'll come to who Theophilus is in a minute. But what do we learn about how Luke investigated? Well, I think we can see in those highlighted words that Luke was both careful and comprehensive. He was careful and comprehensive. Now, what do I mean by careful? I think we all, we've all been told to be careful at different times. It means doing the job properly, um, thoroughly, um, in, a, you know, in, a, in a detailed way. Uh, at the ACCC in another investigation, I remember we were looking into two companies that had colluded, uh, companies that sell gas bottles. They're meant to compete, but instead they were contacting each other, their competitors, and agreeing on what prices they would set for their customers, which is illegal. Uh, because it means the consumers um, get charged more than they should. So anyway, we investigated these companies. I remember part of the investigation was getting like three years worth of phone records. And one of my jobs was to go through each phone call made from certain individuals and line up when they had called an individual from the competing company and cross-reference that with emails, uh, with quotes. Uh, it was a painstaking process, but we had to do it carefully. We had to check all the details, the timing, um, the individuals involved, you know, what quote was then issued. Being careful in an investigation is crucial because if you're not careful, you might miss things. You might end up making conclusions that are inaccurate. Um, I, wonder, I wonder what it meant for Luke to be careful in his investigation. Well, perhaps he, he went to all the different eyewitnesses and, and spoke to all of them and asked them the same question. The, you know, people that he would have known, people that had seen Jesus in the flesh. Luke uh, hadn't, but others had. And he might have gone to them and said, right, well, did you see Lazarus walk out of the tomb? Did you see Lazarus walk out of the tomb? Did you see Lazarus walk out of the tomb? And he would have gone over time and time again checking the evidence. Because we know if you ask one person what they saw, well, that, there's a risk that might be incorrect. But if you ask multiple people, um, maybe tens, hundreds of people, if they saw the same thing, well, that shows us uh, that it could be true. And maybe Luke, when he spoke to these witnesses, he, he asked them about details about you know, where the tomb, maybe he even went to the tomb of Lazarus, for example. I'm using that example because we did that last week. Maybe he went to Bethany and he saw the tomb. And so when the people he interviewed described Bethany and the tomb, he could say, yeah, that, your description matches what I've seen. Um, maybe he walked around the streets of Jerusalem where so many of Jesus' um, events and signs and teaching moments happened. Uh, Luke was careful in his investigation. Um, he was also comprehensive. Now, the difference between care and careful and comprehensive, careful describes, I guess, the way Luke went about it, the manner. The fact that Luke was comprehensive refers to the scope. You know, how much of what he's heard did he investigate? And it says, oops, excuse me, it says he carefully investigated everything, all the reports from Jesus' birth through his childhood, 
right through his three years of ministry in different regions, Galilee, Samaria, Jerusalem, right through to his death, his resurrection, what happened after the resurrection. Luke covered it all. And what that tells us is that when Luke drew the conclusion and and when Christians arrived at the conclusion that Jesus claimed to be God, Jesus demonstrated that he was God, this wasn't a flash in the pan. This wasn't an isolated sort of uh, sensational moment. No, this was a lifetime and, and three particular years of public ministry where Jesus taught with authority consistently, where he did innumerable signs um, that aren't recorded in the Bible as well. Some were, many weren't. Um, Luke was comprehensive. He left no stone unturned. He dotted every I and crossed every T. He must have been a very uh, thorough uh, details kind of guy. Um, Maybe um, in another life he would have been an accountant or um, something like that. Uh, He was a very detailed guy. He was careful and he was comprehensive. All right, third question. This is, uh, people are laughing at Hamish because he's an accountant. (laughs) There you go. We're laughing with you, brother. Um, why did Luke investigate? This is an important question, isn't it? Um, we, we can see how he did it. We can see what he's investigated, these events that people saw, but why did he do it? And this is where we come into the story. Um, this is what he says in verse 4. He says, So that you may know the certainty of the things about which you have been instructed. So Luke here is speaking to Theophilus. We don't know who Theophilus is, um, someone that Luke obviously knew. Maybe he was paying for Luke's investigation. Maybe he was a friend of Luke. We don't know a lot about him, but here's what we have in common with Theophilus. Um, Theophilus probably never saw Jesus in the flesh. Theophilus might not have even been to Israel. I'm I'm speculating here, but there's a good chance. Uh, This is why Luke's writing to him. Because just like us, he is separated from the events of Jesus' life by time and distance. All he had was what he had heard. He didn't see it for himself. And maybe he's there in Rome, which is is a good guess that he's a Roman. Uh, Maybe he's there in Rome thinking, well, did this 30 years ago in Judea, did this stuff really happen? We have a lot in common with Theophilus, uh, craving, wishing we'd been there. But this is what Luke says. I've done my investigation. I've written these things so that you may know the certainty of the things about which you've been instructed. You can be sure about what you've heard. You've heard the the reports of Jesus, how he did incredible things how he spoke with such authority, how he died, how he rose from the dead. You've heard these things, but let me tell you, you can be certain that they happened. I have spoken to the witnesses. I've investigated this carefully and comprehensively. Theophilus, um, member of Janali Anglican Church, you can be certain about the things which you have been instructed. Isn't that just wonderful? This is wonderful. Think about what you're certain about. I'm certain that my name's James. 
Um, I'm certain that that's a chair. I'm certain that we're currently situated in Janali. Um, Luke says you can be certain about the events which lie at the heart of the Christian faith. Uh, as unreal as they sound, you can be certain. In fact, Luke says it's as good as if you were there. So folks, if you ever find yourself doubting, uh, is Jesus really God? Well, Luke assures us. I've spoken to people that saw him calm a storm. I've spoken to people that were in the boat with him, how he calmed a storm with a word. You should have seen their faces when they were talking about it. You might ask, did Jesus really pay for our sins? Luke assures us, I've spoken to people that heard Jesus say, I'm going to the cross for the forgiveness of sins. Is it, is it really possible that Jesus rose from the dead? Luke assures us, my friends had breakfast with him after he was risen. My friends touched him. I've spoken to countless people that saw him. Jesus definitely rose from the dead. Folks, God's promises to us are anchored in history. Um, last week, I think it was last week, Beck started her interview series titled Why I Believe. Uh, there's lots of good reasons why we might believe in Christianity and uh, Anita was, gave us a, a candid and um, wonderful testimony. And, you know, our experience is part of it. The things um, people have told us, maybe having Christian friends. But I'll tell you, somewhere top of the list has to be the absolute historical reliability of the things we've heard. Uh, these things really happened. History testifies to them. Um, therefore, we can be certain about the things we've learned. That's wonderful news. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus um, to reveal yourself to us. Thank you for all that he taught, all that he did, especially the way he went to the cross to pay for sins and rise again to new life. And we thank you um, more than that. We thank you that uh, people have preserved this history for us. People like Luke, who wrote it all down, um, investigated it carefully and comprehensively so that we can be sure of what we've learned. Father, we thank you indeed that our faith is focused uh, uh, or is founded on real events, things that happened in history. Uh, we thank you for that and help us to continue to grow in confidence um, that your word is true. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.